Ok, pero hoy vamos a hacer el podcast en español, ¿va? Sí. Ok. Hola, Hola a todos. Soy tu host, Paulina del Río, y estoy con mi host, Gerald. Hola. ¿Cómo estás? <laughs> We tricked you guys. I just wanted to see if you guys were paying attention. Uh, that's about as much as I can keep up. Gerald is going to learn Spanish at some point, but I hope you guys are impressed by... Uh, My current skill level? Your current skill level, exactly. It's not very good. It's pretty non-existent. Hey, it's not bad. It's not bad. Welcome back to our next episode of Educate Your Earbuds. I'm your host, Paulina. And I'm Gerald. So how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? I am doing solid. I have a fun little story for you that I told you I wasn't going to forget and I didn't forget it. What story is this? Well, I didn't tell you. That's why I'm oh. telling you now. Okay. Okay. So one of our listeners was very inspired by our concert a week in July and they actually went to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh my gosh. Really? Where at? In New York. Well, New York slash New Jersey. It was where, what's the football teams that are in New York? Like the Giants and the Jets? Giants. Does that sound right? Jets and the Bills. Oh, uh, well, the That's Bills in are Buffalo. in, yeah, I, I'm yeah. thinking New York City. Anyways. Okay. My sister went to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers and guess who opened for them? The Strokes. Yes. And she said, and I quote, oh my gosh, that was amazing. The energy, like Flea's energy was crazy he's such a good bassist and then she also said that she was surprised that we didn't have the strokes as the opener because they were really good and it's unfortunate that we didn't <laughs> i i know it's kind of a them. bummer i feel almost gypped not taking anything out of beck who was the opener when we saw right the chili peppers just a few weeks ago though same tour and everything same they, exact tour they switched out the opener partly she through. did say though that the strokes played all their big hits and the one thing she commented on was that they ended on kind of a slower song but my guess is that they and she didn't know what the song was but my guess uh -huh. it was either ode to the mets because obviously the mets are from new york or they That's haven't baseball though Yeah, but still. Yeah. They also have another song that's called Brooklyn Bridge to the Chorus. They just ended on so one of those. That's my guess because they were in New York, but again, she never got back to me. So now that reminds me I need to reach out to her, reach out to her and say, hey, what did what song was it? Yeah, see if she figured it out. But she said they were really good. Obviously, like I said, she said the Red Hot Chili Peppers are amazing. So we're not doing this podcast for nothing. We inspired her. She did like a last minute concert buy. ticket yeah and that's not did she have to like buy resale tickets or were they still i'm not available? sure i i'm not sure but she got like honestly better seats than maybe not better seats than we did but pretty good seats for cheaper than we did that's pretty cool yeah it, she was kind of at the side of the stage though versus we were front facing mm -hmm. so do you think they were going like all out For the concert, I'm sure it was in New York and yeah. from New York originally. I'm sure they did. Yeah, we are gonna go see the Strokes this weekend. Uh huh. Where at? This ain't no picnic. <laughs> I was blanking on the name for a second. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was like, wait, what's it called again? It took you a little bit. I know. So I'm super excited. We're finally gonna get to see them. We're also gonna see some other cool bands like LCD Sound System, Isaiah Richard, which he, I'm pretty sure he was at Coachella and I didn't see him, but part of the Coachella crew 
went and saw, said he was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also excited for Mac DeMarco and then Phoebe Bridgers, among a bunch of others. So if you guys happen to be at the St. Note Picnic, we'll be there um, and you can maybe catch us. Yeah. So. For those that haven't figured it out yet, this week we will be doing an artist spotlight on The Strokes. Yeah. So just a little bit of... I guess setting the scene, you know, I like to do that because I think it's fun. Scene setter. Scene setter. So we did toy around with the idea of doing artist spotlights for a while because there are times such as this week that we're gearing up to see an artist that we're really excited about and we want to go and kind of geek out and look them up and just a little bit of their history and we want to share what we discuss and what we find. We were a little bit hesitant because I know a lot of the bigger music podcasts do kind of artist spotlights or they'll go into a specific song and deep dive and a lot of times i appreciate it but they have oftentimes kind of a little bit older perspectives Mm -hmm. and they come from the music industry and obviously you and i are both engineers so they just come with very different opinions and just a different outlook on different different mindset exactly on doing those spotlights and so for us We're not saying that we're going to do these artist spotlights from now on because that's not really the format of our podcast, but we do want to be able to do them from time to time. Hopefully we'll give a new perspective, a fresh new angle, and I was going to say it would be sporty like you like to say it. Oh my gosh, stealing my phrase. I am stealing your phrase. Y'all, Gerald came up with, or he came back from work the other day and just started saying sporty for everything. Can you elaborate on what that means? Honestly, I don't know if it's a real word or, well, obviously sporty is a word, but. <laughs> no, sporty the, is not a word. The way it was, <laughs> the way it was used, I, I don't even remember the full context. Just someone on a Zoom call at work said it in the context of, you know, it being a stretch to try and get something done in that time. He was like, oh, that's a sporty estimate. Yeah. And, and I just love the way it sounded. So I was like, I'm going to steal that from now on and try to insert sporty so i've definitely used it with for multiple different definitions so maybe this isn't the right context but i thought you know sporty fresh new angle yeah buzzwords that's funny that's <laughs> funny no i think it'll be good doing these artist spotlights you know we can do some big bands like this and i know there's one coming up soon that you're super excited yeah, about we yeah, won't tell we you won't guys tell who you it yet, is but there we do have an idea for another artist spotlight that i'm excited for and the basis of that was honestly part of why we even started this podcast like our opinions on that specific band Mm -hmm. so i personally am very excited to kind of dive into it yeah yeah for sure so Uh, but also like with the artist spotlights it'll give us a chance to explore some like smaller artists Mm -hmm. and and yeah we won't be doing them all the time but you know just something to to mess around with from time to time exactly so if you guys do enjoy these artist spotlights and want more of them or if there's any specific artists that you would like us to cover or even new artists if you yourself or a new musician and want to you know get us to listen to your music and then maybe talk about it send it our way send us a demo send us a demo send us your ep yeah but really we do appreciate all the feedback so good and bad Mm -hmm. honestly half the time the bad feedback is better thanks dad and mom (laughs) i'm just kidding i love that they've been listening to the pod though so yeah i really do appreciate it keep it coming yeah keep it coming all right so with that Do you want to get us started? Because I know you have some fast facts, as in true Gerald fashion. Yeah, yeah, back to the fast facts. So so the Strokes, you know, you're into them more than I am. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm obsessed with them. I'm not obsessed with them. I'm kind of obsessed with them. So as per usual, I'll be be leaning on your expertise. Um, The whole idea was, was educating your earbuds. 
You're I'm the one you're educating <laughs> this week. But I apologize. I, no, no, you're good. You're good. I have some fast facts. So for those that don't know, the Strokes are they were formed in New York City. So they're a New York based rock band. They were formed in 1998. There's wait, what? Yeah, they're old. Oh my god, I knew they were old. I just that's almost like. Not that far from when we were born. <laughs> I know, I know. I did used to think, though, that the Strokes for the longest time were from London. Or maybe not London specifically, but UK-based. I have no idea why. So I, I was seeing a bunch. They they did really well in sales the UK. in the UK. So so that might be why you may have, have thought that. Yeah, I, I don't... I guess I just kind of thought it was UK more vibes and, like, the way that the lead singer does... I guess his vocals. Maybe mm -hmm. I thought he sounded kind of British. They don't. I mean, he doesn't. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Mm -hmm. so you have Julian Casablancas. He's a lead vocalist. Yeah. You have two guitarists, Nick Valenci and Albert Hammond Jr. Which Albert Hammond Jr., I actually knew him from his solo stuff. I didn't know Nick that much, but... Yeah, for those that don't know, a bunch of them have done solo stuff on mm -hmm. the side. We won't cover that too much. No. But, they, you know, if y'all are interested in looking up their solo stuff. Look up the song In Transit by Albert Hammond Jr. And then the last two members of their band, Nicolay Fratatur. Am I saying that right? I Do don't know? know. Honestly, I'm not. I might be butchering that pronunciation. And uh, Fabrizio Moretti. Mm -hmm. So uh, bassist and drummer, respectively. Yeah, they the don't band. sound like they have American names. Uh, so, so are they have Italian descent? That sounds Italian. I don't remember. Okay. From them. Sounds like it, but most of them knew knew each other from school. Mm -hmm. the, the first three, I believe, all went to school together, and the other two, I think, knew Julian Casablancas. Right. From previous school. Well, I know, like, like Julian and Albert Hammond Jr. had gone to, like, a, what's it called? Not a private school. Well, yes, a, a private school, school, but yeah, a boarding yeah. school. And it then, was in, like, um, in, like, Switzerland. Switzerland or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then when Albert moved back to New York, they reconnected and whatnot. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's some background on the band. I don't know. Do you want to get into music? The first thing I wanted to just kind of note is. Why are the Strokes so iconic? Do you know? I didn't, and I have an idea based on my reading. So what do you for think? This episode. It seems like most of their hype is around their first album. Right. Is this it? Mm-hmm. And... It was very well received, for sure. Yeah, so I was doing all things. It was on multiple lists for greatest albums of all of time. Of all time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, the one that impressed me the most was it was on the Rolling Stones top 500 list oh really top 500 albums it's it's been revised through the years and it's actually been moving up and up what number is it up so right now it's at 114 oh on wow the list of top 500 albums of all time huh that's one thing that's interesting about that first album is this it is that whenever the strokes were getting ready to sign with a record company there was like a bidding war between i think it was like inner interscope records There's rca a, a couple of, others yeah anyways the way that they decided to go with RCA was because they wanted to own the titles of their album, mm -hmm. of the first album, Is This It? Which is, I didn't realize that it's a huge deal. Like, not even Elvis or other, like, the Beatles own themselves that album. Mm -hmm. But RCA said, okay, sure, you can own the record. 
And so the strokes actually own is this it, and they're able to you know re-release it, do deluxe editions whenever they want. Whenever they want, and and it's it was kind of what made them sign with them, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I think that's kind of just an industry thing, isn't? I think that's kind of what what happened to Taylor, how she didn't own any right. of her albums, and then and just re-recorded and really re-record, re-release them. But it was pretty forward-thinking of the Strokes, the fact that they actually went and signed with a record label that would let them own their biggest album by far by far their biggest album. yeah no that's extremely forward thinking to them i think any artist who can do that definitely would it's just it's not very common because right. what artist when they're starting out has enough pull right for to a record be able to company do that. To be like yeah we'll give you the rights yeah to your record i mean i think it either may be changing or if not i'm kind of predicting it changing that know. everyone's gonna do what taylor swift did no it's kind of genius I mean, I'm probably not even the first person to do it. Probably one of the biggest, but like, yeah. no, I was going to say, I think it the industry is going to have to shift. Similar to like, if you look at old school Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, when, when an actor signed a contract. Oh, how they used to sign for a bunch of production company. Right. Owned them. that actor. You we know, learned they, that at Paramount. They could not do, you know, other, they couldn't do other, other movies projects. or anything like that. That's kind of similar to how music still is. But with SoundCloud and people, you know, getting big off social media, stuff like that. Yeah, like all start, the TikTokers. Yeah, TikTok singers, stuff like that. You know, maybe when they sign with a record company, if they're actually good and big enough. They can do that. They can start out with the rights to their music. But going back to the original question of why are the Strokes so iconic? So I pulled a couple of quotes from three of my favorite bands that were inspired by the Strokes. The first is Arctic Monkeys. Mm -hmm. And so Alex Turner, he's a frontman of that band. And in one of their songs, he's saying, I just wanted to be one of the Strokes. Uh, he, he, yeah, and I, yeah. I, I think that's also why, because Arctic Monkeys is a UK-based band. They are, and I remember yeah. when I heard that, I'm like, oh, well, maybe the Strokes are British, so that's why Alex Turner was saying that. Not the case. Yeah. But I, I just always really liked that lyric of that song. I think I can guess the next band you're going to say was inspired by them. Who? The Killers. I did? Okay, how did you know that? Because we love the Killers. I Okay, well, yeah, I guess I didn't realize. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, what I found from this is that when Brandon Flowers, and he's the lead singer of The Killers, so when he heard the album Is This It, he actually decided to throw out all of the songs on the album that they were working on, except for one, and it was Mr. Brightside. Really? Uh huh. And, and that's he, from the Sam's Town album. Right? No, 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 it's from one? Hot Fuss. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And so he said he genuinely felt depressed for months. The only song that we kept was Mr. Brightside. Everything else that we had, we knew we wasn't. It wasn't good enough, so we started building again. The Strokes helped me realize that I wasn't good enough yet. I thought that was really powerful. That he's saying, okay, maybe. Can you imagine? They might have had a couple hit songs, and Brandon's like, nope, not good enough. Yeah, I always wonder that. Not just with that, but anyone. You know, when they scrap a song, it's like, well, what was that song? Right. Kind of want to hear it. Right. But I'm pretty sure Hot Fuss ended up doing just ever so slightly better than Is This It when it actually was released. That was like, what, a year or two later, right? I think so, or I think it was about a year. Okay. And then the other one that I wanted to talk about, so you know the band Wallows? Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, I really enjoy that band and I've seen him a couple of times. Yeah. Anyways, Dylan Minnette, he's the lead singer of Wallows. Also, if you've seen like 13 Reasons Why or some other TV shows, he's in a bunch of stuff. So he talked, he also was talking about the album, Is This It? And he said it was truly one of the albums that has inspired him musically. And he also said, this isn't a hot take because everyone who's interested in alternative rock will say that this album was so pivotal to that genre. Mm-hmm. So... I guess what genre would you define the strokes in? I, I have the ones Google uh, told me. I wanted to see if... I would say indie rock or like alt rock. Yeah. New York indie, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Online, they're classified as indie rock, garage rock revival, and post-punk revival. Was there any other fun facts that you had found? Yeah. So, I mean, you talked about some of the, the bands that were inspired by mm-hmm. the strokes. I have some that inspired the strokes oh okay so so they stated um have you ever heard of the velvet underground i think i've heard of them but i don't like listen to them i don't know much about them either but they're apparently they're a huge band from like the 60s oh well that's why we haven't heard of them that makes sense Um, that's one of their big uh ones these other ones you i know you've heard of though okay bob marley oh yeah of course inspiration for them i've been to his house when i visited jamaica oh nice yeah Nirvana, okay, also one of their inspirations. You can kind of hear that in their music too. Yeah, well, that makes sense actually, because Julian has like kind of this similar vocals as Kurt Cobain. Yeah, kind of the yeah, he wah, does wah, a little wah, bit. <laughs> <laughs> that was not very good, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have any guesses on this last one? I don't know. I I I want to say maybe you've seen them. If not, you want to see them. You've definitely mentioned them. Radiohead? No. Pearl Jam. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually remember if I've seen Pearl Jam. But yeah, I know who you're talking about, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was some people that... Those were some of the people How does Bob Marley fit in? I don't understand that. Huh? You said that they were inspired by Bob Marley? I'm wondering... I mean, that's that's so different. Reggae... it's just like a um, combination of all their kind of flows. I wonder if it was like the themes. They were inspired by Bob Marley's like themes in his music. Yeah. There, or when they were signing with the record companies, there was a huge bidding war because of how much hype was behind them. Part of that was because of the, the EP they released before. It got uh, huge publicity and, and started this huge kind of hype really? buzz around them, especially in New York City. Huh. They actually had a residency at at a place called the Bowery Ballroom. Bowery Ballroom? Bowery. Bowery. There's a Bowery. neighborhood in New York called Bowery. Oh. But the Bowery Ballroom is supposedly one of the top like music scenes. It's, I think it's been voted like number one club. Oh, what? In in America before. And they, they got this residency Wait, there. we should go there. Yeah, and I think that was before their first album came out. They Their EP is what got them their residency. Oh, and wow. And then, then the first album, Is This It, was released afterwards. So they had all this hype surrounding them, and that's what caused all the record companies to be like, we need to jump on them. Supposedly it was like, like the biggest bidding war for a band in years. Do you know what songs are on the EP? I, no, I don't. There was only three songs on it. I know that. So. I think Last Night was on it, though, wasn't it? The, it the, all all three of them were re-recorded and put on Is This It. Is This It, okay. I, I did see some of the lyrics changed. Huh. 
Oh. And they changed a little bit of them between the e- when they were on the EP and Is This It. By the way, sorry if Gerald sounds a little bit confused, but I'm wearing a face mask right now, and so my face is purple. <laughs> so I think every time he looks at me, he's like, who is it's, this alien that I'm looking off. at? Sorry, I just, I had to, you know, since we don't do video yet, I had to let people know. You can still wear a face mask (laughs) without people noticing. (laughs) Okay, so moving on, I went down, not really a rabbit hole because I just got stuck on this one Reddit post (laughs) and I was like very interested in all of the information I found from this one singular Reddit post. What did it say? So it's a Reddit post from March 3rd, 2022. And we'll actually link it in the description for the episode in case you're curious about going through all the comments and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But basically it was a stroke Spotify data and they posted graphs on the following streaming info. So there was the total plays per album the 15 most streamed songs from all albums, the 15 least streamed songs from all albums, and then they go through each individual album and show the number of streams each song has gotten. And so what I wanted to do is just go through some of the kind of high level data and then what I thought about, you know, the songs that were most streamed, least streamed, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Was this like on the Stroke subreddit or something? I think so. Okay. (laughs) But I don't actually know how they got this Spotify data. I don't like know how you get streaming data from. Okay, but so let's start with the total plays per album. The number one album, as Gerald stated, and this is all just Spotify data. So ignore like YouTube, Apple, Mm -hmm. Amazon Music, whatever. For Spotify, do you want to guess how many streams is this it has? 500 million. No. Higher? Yeah. 2 billion. No, it's a little bit lower. So it's 1.02 billion streams. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I did want to say a little tidbit about this album. So again, we said it. It's called Is This It? And every time I say it, I want to say like, this is it. or Yeah, I like know. That. You naturally want to pose Just it as a question. It. Which... Funny enough, they took off the question mark because of aesthetics. Mm -hmm. They just didn't think it looked as cool, which sounds like such a The Strokes thing to do. (laughs) But whenever you and I went to, there's this local record store called Fingerprints. And so when we went to go buy the album, the lady that was checking me out, she complimented me on my buy and told me that this album was also super pivotal to her life and her growing up. So you just sure wanted she to point it out. out she was too? not checking me out. No, like, and then I told her that we were going to the St. No Picnic. So maybe we'll see her there. Yeah. Okay. So is this it? That was 1.02 billion streams. Then there's like a huge, not huge drop, but significantly bigger drop. Their second um, most streamed album was Room on Fire. Mm-hmm. That one had 601 million streams. Okay, so about a little less than half, mm-hmm. or a little more than half. Then, this kind of surprised me. At number three is The New Abnormal, which is their most recent album. Mm-hmm. So that one already surpassed three other of their prior albums. So that one had 483 million streams. Yeah. Then there was Angles, one of my personal favorites, that had 375 million. Then First Impressions of Earth, 345 million. And then Come Down Machine, which was 295 million. Okay. So. that That's funny because those kind of line up, not, not number wise, mm-hmm. but magnitude wise with their sales. Oh, really? You know, each one's kind of equivalent. You see, this is it selling. Is this it? 
Sorry. <laughs> I, I knew I was going to whiff it at least once during the talking about it. Is this it selling about twice as much as Room on Fire? Oh, really? When they were sold and so on. Interesting. It's funny, though, because the new Abnormal has, you know, the least amount of sales, at least at the but time. But it, it also stayed, just it's the newest, came out in 2020. You know, is this it has been out for over 20 years. Correct. So it makes sense. Yeah. So then moving on to the most played stroke songs, and I'll just go through the list and then you guys can kind of go through it on your own if you're curious. So number one was Last Night. I know you've heard this one. Mm-hmm. And then it goes Reptilia, Someday... Then the adults are talking, which is, this one is from the new Abnormal. I'm kind of surprised that that one had that much, that many streams. And then Undercover of Darkness, I want to say that's from Angles. Mm-hmm. You Only Live Once, Machu Picchu, Hard to Explain, Call It Fate, Call It Karma, then 1251, then Is This It? So that one was number number 11. Then Selfless, Thread of Joy, Bad Decisions, and Hard in a Cage. So... That was the top 15 in order from most streamed on Spotify to you know, the least the of least the top streamed. 15. Yeah. What I was thinking when I read this list was that I guess it took me by surprise to realize that that quiz that we took a while ago that said I was super basic is 100% accurate because all of my favorite <laughs> songs were from the top 15. From the ones. Or yeah. almost all of them. So like of these top 15, I really, really like Last Night, Reptilia, Someday, You Only Live Once. Mm-hmm. Machu Picchu, I actually just recently discovered it, oddly enough, even though it's not a new song. Yeah. And then Hard to Explain and Selfless are some of my favorites. Nice. What would you say your favorite stroke song is? Oh, man, that would depend on, like, when I was listening to them. But I have a current favorite, um, which is called Why Are Sundays So Depressing? Mm-hmm. That one's from their newest album. And then another one that wasn't in the top 15, and I don't know how, is Razorblade. Both of those are probably some of my favorite songs. And, again, not on the top 15, which is very odd. Yeah. I am going to skip the, like, 15 least stream songs because... I'm not really interested in talking about that, but you can, again, find that on the Reddit post that we're going to link in the description. And now I did want to go into each individual album, the streams, and I'm going to go through it in order of release. So I am only going to touch on like the top three songs from each album. Okay. If I did every single one, then we'd be here for hours. It'd be all night. Yeah. So from the first album called Is This It? The most streamed song is Last Night, Then Someday, and then hard to explain. Have you heard of all? I'm sure you've heard all three yeah. of them. Okay. Well, just because I know that album. Right. So. Oh, duh. And we also have it. <laughs> we we own it. So yeah. Yeah. I am also gonna do. I wanted to do like a pals pick for each of these albums, and so we'll do the pals pick. And I'm I tried really hard not to pick a song that was in the top three, mm-hmm. even though maybe sometimes my favorite will be in the top three. From Is This It, uh, The Modern Age, or Trying Your Luck, I really couldn't pick between the two. And what I said was, honestly, this album is so insanely good, it's really hard to pick a single one. And obviously, the ones with a ton of streams are also really good. Yeah. So, I mean, this album is chef's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Then we'll move on to their second album. And again, this is in order of release. So their second album was Room Room on on Fire. Fire. Reptilia was number one, which... To no surprise, I feel like that was hugely popular. And then when you look at the actual graphs, I can show you, but it's... Is there a huge drop huge, off? Huge, huge, huge. That one had 330 million streams. Okay. 
And I want to say Reptilia was actually one of the songs on either Rock Band or Guitar Hero. I'm almost positive. So I wonder if actually that had anything to do with the fact that that's a really streamed song. Be interested in learning that. Maybe. But go back to our own episode. Go back to our own episode and listen again. We got to listen to it again. (laughs) And then, so the second most streamed song from Room on Fire was called 1251. Like the, I, the number? Yeah, I've heard of that one. Because mm-hmm. it originally had a different name before. Oh, it did? Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm blanking on it now. And then the third most streamed song from Room on Fire was Whatever Happened. At this point, I have to be basic because, you know, basic isn't bad and I am basic. So you're going with Reptilia? Yeah. yeah. It's such a good song. I can't not pick it. Then from their third album, this was First Impressions of Earth. This is probably the album that I've listened to the least, I would say. It's funny that you mentioned that because this was their worst critically and commercially successful uh, album of all theirs. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did have a really good song in this album. And oddly enough, it didn't make it to number like the top three. The number one stream song from this album was You Only Live Once. And I said it was the original YOLO. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't actually know who coined that term, but maybe they were actually not that they said YOLO, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Sides the point. Number two was Hard in a Cage. Number three was Juice Box. And then the Pals pick was Razorblade, which again, this is the one that I'm extremely surprised it wasn't a top three song. Mm-hmm. Then their fourth album is actually one of my personal favorites. I think it has really good songs. It's called Angles is the album title. Yeah. And so the top three stream songs were Undercover of Darkness. That was number one. Mm-hmm. Then Machu Picchu, which is the one that I just recently started listening to. I don't know how I missed it. Mm -hmm. And then Taken for a Fool. I really, really, really love that song. Yeah. But I wasn't basic this time. I did pick (laughs) a different one of the pals pick. And so I picked Gratisfaction. It's so hard to say that, Gratisfaction. Gratisfaction. Because I always want to say Gratisfaction, but that's not right. Anyways, I'll play this song for you right now. Album number five was Come Down Machine. Again, probably one of my least favorite ones. I don't know how it did in sales, but you're looking at me very confused. <laughs> yeah, well, because from these albums, I don't know any of these songs. Is so it the purple is, face? This is all new to me. No, no, I just, I don't know most of these songs from these these albums. Well, I'm, I really need to educate you, especially since we're about to see them. Yeah. The most streamed song from Come Down Machine was Call It Fate, Call It Karma. The second one was One Way Trigger, and then the third one was Welcome to Japan. My pick for this was 80s Come Down Machine. You know, it's a good song. Again, though, this album to me didn't speak as much as the other albums, mm-hmm. but their six and latest album, The New Abnormal, I thought was, it went back to what I thought the strokes are more so like, you know, more their original type of sounds. And I don't know, maybe it was just exactly what I needed during, cause it came out in 2020 when the pandemic started. Yeah. And so I remember hearing it and like streaming it obsessively at the beginning. That's what a lot of critics said too. That oh this really? Was kind of their return to form. Oh, okay. Back to. Maybe I know, should be a music critic. I'm not that bad. No, I think you do pretty good at it, honestly. Okay. Wow. A little pat on the back. I feel pretty good today. <laughs> <laughs> so the number one stream song was the adults are talking number two was selfless and then number three is bad decisions i want to say bad decisions came out like as a single before, before it was, yeah yeah it's a good song but my personal pick is why are sunday so depressing i really like that song you love that song it's so good i don't know i think it's kind of like a listen to it not in a rainy day because i listen to it here all the time and it doesn't yeah. rain i don't know i don't know what it is about that song it's 
catchy. It's got a good little guitar riff or Mm -hmm. whatever you call it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. One thing that a fun fact that I found out though when I was researching all the different albums was that I'm pretty sure for all of Is This It and then most of the music from Room on Fire and First Impressions of Earth, Julian Casablanca, which is the lead singer, is credited as the only writer for a lot of the songs on these three albums. Interesting. But then Angles was one of the, or I guess was the first album where they said they tried to do more collective writing. And so that's why a lot of people said it sounded so different was because Julian wasn't, I guess, taking the lead in writing the music and the other guys were contributing more. I'm sure they wanted to contribute the whole time. Maybe Julian just had a big ego maybe or something i know know they like almost broke up because of just kind of different issues but they never did they took like a little hiatus i mean that makes sense because they've all like done things on their own Mm -hmm. and stuff so yeah but for some reason it seems to me like julian and albert hammond jr seem way more well known than the rest of the guys i don't actually know if that's true though did you were you able to find anything on that i think they've had a little more success on their own yeah and that's why Okay. Either way, I know some people were surprised to hear that the new Abnormal came out. Like, I think a lot of critics weren't even necessarily expecting for the Strokes to come out with new music. And then they officially stated that they were coming out with a new album when they were playing a gig for Bernie Sanders. Did you read yeah, about that? Yeah, I saw that. I that, thought that for was For his so election cool. campaign. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. They've become more political in their music. Julian, in an interview, was talking about how he's always been really interested in politics and whatnot. And so I think they're starting to try and write a little bit more politically charged music, kind of like Green Day. I don't know if you realize, but they do a yeah, lot of that all, stuff. Yeah, a lot of their music is, is very political. I mean, American Idiot is about yeah. George Bush. Mm-hmm. So actually, we should totally do an episode Green on Day. Green Day now that I think yeah. about it. If you guys are interested in a Green Day artist spotlight, please let us know, let us know because... Because now we're both kind of excited about doing it. Yeah, I just <laughs> I thought tell. about it. I'm like, that sounds a lo- like a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah, I really truly based a lot of my info for this episode on that one reddit post (laughs) because you said you were like oh i want to do like the fast facts and whatnot so i hope you guys are interested in my not hot takes yeah yeah you hit a lot of it i guess i guess the only thing really i have left is is some of their album sales Mm -hmm. one thing i want to ask you real quick if you had to guess how many of their albums have been certified platinum in the u.s I'm talking about U.S. certifications only. How many would you say out of their six albums? Four. Mm-mm. One? Only two. Is This It? Yeah. And Angles? Room on Fire. Okay. I mean, Room on Fire is a really good album. I feel like, why doesn't Angles get more... I feel like that's such a good album by The Strokes. Why is it not more listened to and streamed? I think it could hit gold certification... Angles doesn't have a certification. No, but the ones that do. This is it has platinum. Is this it? Is this it? I, <laughs> I'm, I'm under the pressure this. now. I knew <laughs> I knew I was gonna mess it up at least once. That's twice. Is this it? Certified platinum has a million sales. Oh wow. Room on fire. Certified platinum has five hundred ninety-seven thousand huh. sales. First impressions of earth. Certified gold has three hundred ten thousand. Really? In sales. Angles 
only has 221,000 Okay, I need sales. to go boost their sales for angles. <laughs> so so they don't, they didn't get us any certification. And then Come Down Machine and New Abnormal don't have either. Come Down Machine only has 77,000 Because I don't think sales. that album was that good. Yeah, well, it's clear. It's not great. But it's also, it's not as old as... Is This It or Room you know, on Fire. some of the others. So it hasn't had as much time. I'm curious to know if the New Abnormal hits it, though, because I feel like it's been very well received by fans and critics altogether. The New Abnormal, I you know, I don't know if I found a wrong set of data. It said it only had 35,000 sales. Huh. So this this was not including any streaming data or anything like that. I, well, so that's what I was going to say is the New Abnormal is the first of their albums that's come out since like Spotify and Apple Music and all that are a thing, right? Come Down Machine was... When did that one come out? 2013. Well, so when did around. we... I mean, when did we start having... Yeah, I guess Spotify was probably around then. iTunes was around since probably like first impressions of That's Earth. true. I forget. So, iTunes used to be a thing. Yeah. You know, by online, definitely around for angles. But then that, okay, that just goes back to my point though, that once streaming services started, people buy actual albums less, whether it's a, buying a full album on iTunes or in a vinyl, vinyl or, or a CD. CD or whatever, because you can just stream it. Yeah. So I, I don't know how that shifted certification process. That would actually be a good episode for us to go into. Yeah. How, how are albums certified? Yeah. Gold, platinum, double platinum. Oh man, double platinum. I bet you that'd be really hard. There, there are plenty that have done it. Huh. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I hope the new Abnormal gets, both the new Abnormal and Angles. I think those are really good albums and hopefully more people start to listen to them. Mm-hmm. You know, either way, I think this just made me way more excited to see them. Yeah. Do you think after hearing these figures that the strokes are kind of underrated in in music now i know I, I feel like everyone knows how good the strokes are no well obviously everyone has huge praises for right. the first album oh but you're saying after the but first album? after that you know a lot of people didn't seem to keep up with them or thought huh. they fell off you know more critical of their music well maybe because they were expecting something so good as is this it was so it's kind of like what i said back when we saw zed that i already expect something really good from them and so your expectations the bar has moved mm -hmm. so maybe that just happened with fans and music critics all together with the strokes yeah so do you think their first album kind of set the bar so high that it was unachievable for them to continue that success Probably not unachievable because think about how many other artists maybe had a really good first album and then just kept getting better and better and better. True, yeah. Like, okay, even just using Taylor Swift as an example, her first album was great, mm -hmm. but I feel like she's just kind of exploded even she's... more. Like a Beyonce or yeah. probably the Beatles too, or I'm sure there's multiple people. Yeah, no, there definitely are. No, yeah. I guess my thing is... Maybe because they inspired so many other musicians, maybe they almost like oversaturated the market with similar music as the Strokes. Mm -hmm. So because there was already so much similar music, then every time the Strokes came out with something new, it's like, oh, we know it's going to be good, but... It was hard for them to compete against. Right, because think about it. So they said in an article that I was reading, it said that the Strokes inspired the Killers, Kings of Leon, Arctic Monkeys, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, mm -hmm. like all these huge bands that have gone to have really long careers, careers of their own. Yeah. And they're still, you know, 
Wallows isn't that old of a band and they said that they're inspired by the stroke so I wouldn't say necessarily that they're underrated if so many musicians keep getting inspired by their music. Mm-hmm. Do you think their kind of statistics and numbers behind their music fully encapsulate, you know, no. how good they are? No, because I wonder how many people like just go and buy the Strokes like vinyls and just will listen to it all the time. And maybe that's obviously not represented in streaming data. Mm-hmm. Just what like going back when I said the new abnormal is the third most streamed on Spotify. I, I feel like that just kind of speaks for itself. They're not they're not making a comeback because they didn't necessarily have to, but like their music is still so relevant. Yeah. With that said, are you excited to see them? I am. Like I said, I know a lot of their stuff from Is This It and The New Abnormal. Mm-hmm. Those are really the only two albums that I've listened to, not often, but a couple times, frequently right. maybe. So if they play any of their music from their other from their other albums, that'll be new to me. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting hearing that. But I'm excited because like they are, you know, an iconic band for, oh, sure. for sure. So it's definitely someone I've been wanting to see. Did you just want to be one of the strokes? <laughs> I just I I just wanted to be one of the strokes. I get it. I'm I'm like Alex Turner for sure. Hey, the strokes though, oddly enough, I swear they have not aged. If you see pictures of of them 20 years ago and pictures of them now, they look the exact same. They look same. the same. <laughs> it's so odd. It's actually even stranger because apparently they used to all party a bunch. Like Julian completely had to stop drinking cuz he used to I think I read in an article that there was like a year straight where he was hungover, which sounds like the worst thing in the world. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare. I don't even like being hungover once. Yeah. But the fact that they used to party like crazy and they still look like they do, I don't... Have they age better than the chili peppers? Oh, yeah. The chili peppers... The chili peppers are weird, though, because they look old and young at the same time. Their faces look like they're 90 and their (laughs) bodies look like they're 20. Yeah. (laughs) It's very confusing. No, the strokes just still look like... Kind of skater boys and their scruffy, scruffy skinny jeans and yeah. mullety type looking hair. They're so fun though. Mm-hmm. They're fun. I don't know. I'm super excited. I think it'll be a good time. Yeah. With that, do you want to tell everyone how to find us? All that fun stuff. Yeah. So obviously find us on Spotify or any other podcast site at Educate Your Earbuds. Yeah, we're on Amazon Music and Apple Music as well. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at educate.your.earbuds underscore or on TikTok at educate.your.earbuds. And also feel free to email us any comments, you know, feedback or any of the, the potential topics we said in this video, like that Green Day yeah. artist spotlight or, you know, anyone else that you think you'd want to hear us cover you please can... send us new music too like yeah we're always you... looking for new yeah, music we really are so if y'all have like a even if it's a nobody or some soundcloud song just send it to us because we're always interested in, in finding new music you can send all that to our email at educate.your.earbuds at gmail.com and make sure to like subscribe uh share this with your friends follow us on instagram tiktok all that jazz Catch some cool new music. The summer's about to end. Maybe some of you already went back to school. I'm sorry if you did. <laughs> but you can still go to concerts. You know, what is it? Thirsty Thursday, that's a good day to go to concerts. Oh and then gosh. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are also good days. Every day is a good day for <laughs> concerts. Exactly. So we'll be at the St. No Picnic this weekend. We'll have a lot of fun. And we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, y'all. Bye.